Welcome back, everybody, to a very special episode of This Is My Bourbon Podcast, where we discuss the spirit of Kentucky. My name is Perry. Thank you all so much for being here with me on this special Friday. Uh, we are about to give you a little taste of bourbon and beyond. Uh, we sat down with, or I sat down, rather, uh, with Fred Minnick of Whiskey Advocate. Uh, he is maybe the biggest, if, if you drink bourbon, if you listen to this show, you know who Fred Minnick is. He is maybe the biggest bourbon and whiskey writer in the world. Um, and then we also sat down with uh, Chef Edward Lee of Milkwood in Louisville. Um, he has some uh, restaurants, not just uh, in, in Kentucky, but outside of the state as well. Uh, we are actually going to be at, uh, bourbon and beyond come September. Uh, we're super excited about coming to you somewhat live, uh, for the first time. We're looking to do some, uh, artist interviews as well. Uh, aside from sitting down with some of the big bourbon names, uh, and, and I, I'm smiling as I say this because I'm just so excited about this opportunity uh, to bring to you uh, some different content as well as uh, get, the, get the chance to see some of uh, my heroes, our heroes uh, in the bourbon community. So, uh, But before we get there, I want you to listen to and enjoy this episode uh, where I sat down with Fred and, and Edward, um, and I, I, I hope you... Well, I hope you enjoy it. So here we go. So both of you guys just came out with new books. Um, yeah. Recently. Yeah. Um, I want to say congratulations, of course, Thank first you. off. Um, Fred, first, though, I want to ask you, what uh, kind of led you to wanting to step out of the, the whiskey world? Well, I've written, I'd written um, several books on, on, on whiskey. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my first step out of it was rum. And I've always loved rum, and I've always wanted to write a book about rum. But there's also there's a lot of crossover with uh, rum and whiskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, uh, you know we in part went to war with England because we didn't like rum tariffs and molasses tariffs. And as a, when we were a new country, we ended up tariffing uh, rum and molasses to make sure it wouldn't go to England and also help whiskey. So that was a big reason mm-hmm. why we had, had that. Uh, my mead book, which comes out in June, that was really a. I've been. I'm fascinated with anything historical. So uh, when when I had the opportunity to write about Vikings and ancient Greece and, <laughs> and the Romans, I I had to take advantage. Of course, of, of course, yeah. It. Now, Edward, um, your book is mostly about your your journey mm-hmm. as a chef, and less about like you know your your recipes um, that you adhere to. What is it that kind of separates your story from from others in, well, in the Well, yeah, in the so field? the book is actually, it's, it's not all about me. I, uh, it's actually a journey that I took. Um, so it's 16 different cities, um, and I kind of tell the story of uh, immigrant cuisines around America. Um, you know, and it's uh, ultimately it's a personal journey. Sure. Um, there's some of my story in there, but it's really about um, this really beautiful um, food, this sort of melting pot food that I found all over the country. Interesting. Um, so, so what is it really that kind of inspires you as a chef? Um, you know, I just, I'm just endlessly curious. <laughs> I like going out. And, <laughs> you know, I, I think the, the traditionally chefs have, uh, you know, been in, you know, they've been sort of resigned to the four walls of their kitchen. And um, I feel like in today's world, I mean, you know, just like Fred's kind of 
exploring things outside his world of whiskey. Like I go out there and you know whether it's television or books or magazine articles. Like it's it's the the travel aspect is so important to me. And and the more I travel, the more I see, the more I learn, the more I want to sort of show the world the things that I've learned. I also want to say Edward's one of the most talented people you'll ever meet, period. <laughs> and so it's like... I paid him to say that. It, it, it's like, it's like it, you know, anything Did you he pay does, to get into Bourbon and Beyond, too? Yeah. <laughs> no, he, you kidding me? He is, he is he's the culinary of Bourbon and Beyond. But anything, that, anything he does, it's like, um, as somebody who loves art and, like, consuming cool information... Um, of course. He's always given that. It's just like, he's brilliant. With yeah. words and food. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> this is an interesting dynamic that you guys have um, together. How long have y'all known each other? Oh, shit. Decade? <laughs> yeah. I mean, more, more recently, we've gotten to know each other well. But, yeah, yeah. You know, we've known each other for, obviously, I remember I, had a, I got an assignment from Kentucky Monthly, um, to do, I was doing a story on uh, Louisville restaurants. Naturally, mm-hmm. you, you came up, and I spent the, I spent the day with you and photographed you and, and the, all the food and wrote about it. And you asked me for one of the photos, mm. and I never sent it to you. So <laughs> I st- I'm still waiting for it. I, by I the way, apologize. Still, I apologize. I never got sent you that photo. I'll email you tomorrow. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still waiting for it. Speaking of Louisville, you were yeah. out of Kentucky for a while, Edward. Um, what brought you back to, to Kentucky and, and what kind of, uh, it, what is it about Kentucky that inspires you as a chef and, and kind of has, uh, influenced your, your style? Well, um, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I, I came from New York 16 years ago and mm-hmm. I feel like I found my voice in Louisville. Um, and I was, you know, I, and actually, so the, book buttermilk graffiti kind of tells a little bit of that story is that you know i the graffiti is kind of like the new york in me and sure. and the buttermilk is is sort of the, the the american south and i felt like you know I, I was one person in new york and when i moved to the south um i don't know I, I it sounds cheesy but like i found that other voice in me that completed the picture of who i am and i it wouldn't have happened had i not moved to louisville and and i'm really <laughs> grateful for that and, and i i've you know, whoever I am going forward, um, it'll always be sort of, you know, uh, uh, etched in stone in, in, in yeah. sort of Louisville and Kentucky. And, and I've watched, you know, just Fred knows, like, you know, I came here 16 years ago. And Louisville wasn't that great of food and, and restaurant and, and bar town 16 no, years no ago. No one could make a mint julep here then. Yeah, and, and, and we've seen it grow from being kind of a sleepy sort of, you know, it's kind of, you know, sort of, stuck in the old ways to like this really relevant vibrant cool city that the world is coming to 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 like experience this thing so it's really cool to see that that transition and yeah. um, you know mm-hmm. I, I i i didn't leave like so i expanded my business to dc <laughs> so I, I go back and forth so for everyone out there that thinks i left i i i live in both cities i go back and forth setting the record straight yeah. <laughs> He's getting that a lot lately, so sure. Yeah, I get I get hit with it a lot. Sure. Yeah, um, Fred. A lot of people have been saying that 2018. There's something big in store for us for bourbon. What do you think 2018 is the year of for 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 bourbon for as bourbon. American whiskey? Yeah. Um. Well, I think <laughs> I think this is actually the year that 
we, we see kind of like a, a return of of age sta- premium age stated really great bourbons that kind of went away for a little bit sure uh, the unfortunate so that's the part of it from a taste perspective the bad part is, is they're going to be really expensive like you're already starting to see it like the price yeah. points of things like old Fitzgerald 11 year old um, you know the king of Kentucky which is coming out soon from Brown right. Foreman those things are going to be extraordinarily priced you know in terms of um, in terms of like that's from just the pure bourbon side but I think like, this is the year that bourbon starts ascending more into pop culture and, and the mainstream. And Ed, this is something that we're a part of, you know, Bourbon and Beyond right. is a big part of that. And it's part of like uh, bourbon taking that next step into artistry of, of other, you know, into other um, aspects right. of life. And, yeah. you know, this year with Bourbon and Beyond, there's, um, you know, Edwards, you know, curating the culinary you've got sting on stage robert plant uh lenny kravitz john mayer any number of great bands but that is something that you know 15 20 years ago no one in bourbon could ever imagine even when even when bourbon was getting starting to boom and when it reached its height people still could not imagine you know bourbon actually headlining over actual rock stars sure and I think that's kind of what sets um, Bourbon and Beyond apart from you know, everything that's come before is that it, it, it literally is <laughs> the headliner. I mean, you know, how many times have we said that over the past, you know, almost a year now since it's, it, it, it's become a thing? Um, and isn't the, I heard the Pope drinks bourbon or something. Like that. Yeah, now the Pope has got a bottle of bourbon. <laughs> we, we, we was should, it 23 For years? God's sake. <laughs> we should get the Pope uh, to do bourbon and beyond. He you know, like, I... He, I uh, he could I, just, like, give a sermon at bourbon and he beyond. He likes he likes music. Yeah. I don't know if Sting's How his, cool his flair, that? but... Yeah. Um, I be, wonder if he'd be the headliner, though. He'd I mean, want to do service. He yeah. might really love Led Zeppelin. So, I mean, Robert Plant's going to be there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Stairway to Heaven, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe the Pope comes great. out to uh, Stairway to Heaven and does communion. Yeah, just a cameo. That'd be cool. Are we going to hell for talking about this? <laughs> Do I need to cut this out of the No, you're the fine. You're fine. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of pose this to, to the both of you all. Um, what was it that kind of attracted you or wanted... It made you want to get involved with, with Bourbon and Beyond. Well, or the I, idea of it. Yeah, I, I, I listen, the, 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 I've actually, and, and Fred knows this, and we've, we've been on think tanks together, and we've been actually pushing for Bourbon Festival for years. I mean, we, we've always felt like, um, well, I, and I think you agree, the, the Bourbon Festival in, uh, um, is it Barstown, Kentucky? Mm-hmm. Um, Though it's very popular and big, and I thought like there was still room to do a, a one that was Louisville centric, and and you know the mayor had a think tank, and we kind of went back and forth, and so you know when when the guys from you know Danny Wimmer came down and wanted to invest in it, we were all I think we we're all on board from day one. Yeah. I was not actually a part of those think tanks because you know for for most in the mayor's <laughs> office, I'm still a journalist. Sure, mm-hmm. you know, so, so sure. I, I'm always. I'm, that while I very warm and receptive over there, m- most people when I come into meetings now they start the whole thing off with like Fred, this is off the record. <laughs> so, so like if I'm ever doing anything in association with Bourbon and Beyond, you know, for planning or whatever, it all starts with it's off the record, and it's like, come on, guys. Come on. <laughs> 
But it, when, when, when they came to me and they kind of uh, gave me their vision, I was, I, I thought to myself, this is exactly what bourbon needs. This is what bourbon needs to take that next step. Because what, happen, what it happens is, you know, the inevitability of any show like that tends to be very whiskey-centric. It gets the same customers every single year. Sure. And, like, people who go to a lot of these festivals, um, you know, they see the same people. That's fantastic. That's great. But this, when they, when they presented Bourbon and Beyond to me, I thought to myself, this is what will bring in new people. Mm-hmm. This will capture people that Bourbon would not get otherwise. This is going to get a Sting fan in Germany or uh, a Led <laughs> Zeppelin fan in Seattle. It's going to convert them in from whatever they are into Bourbon fans. Right. And, and to, to build on that, too, you know, Eddie Vedder played last year. That's exactly right. Um, yeah. my, my dad is a big Pearl Jam fan. He had mm-hmm. friends coming in from Scotland. Um, oh, wow. You know, just, just to see Eddie Vedder play. Um, and one, of my, I, one of my favorite pieces that was written after Bourbon and Beyond uh, last year was that people were, people were uh, analyzing how many people were going, hanging out in the big bourbon bar. <laughs> Versus, like, um, you know, just watching the music. And they were actually doing both because you could do both. Yeah. And it, to me, this, this is, like, one of those great next steps, not just in bourbon, but in, but in kind of, like, this culinary pairing that we have in life is that I believe you can pair food and music or food, food and drink to music. And um, imagine, like, just listening to your favorite band ever and with the best bourbon ever. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Good well, time. That's exciting for me because um, I'm a real big John Mayer fan. <laughs> you know, I took and you as a John Mayer fan, scene. actually. I, well, the moment we you met. Was it, like, was you it the hair? Like John Mayer. Was it yeah, the hair? Like yeah, all right. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> He's good. You're a lookalike. Yeah, um, I, I'm. You know, I'm also a guitar player. A big. I'm, I'm very much inspired by by his work. But that's completely off topic. But anyway, it's all um, good. Edward, how do you um, kind of incorporate uh, bourbon into your food and, um, you know, some of the recipes that you do? Well, I think the restaurants here, because people from Kentucky eat out at my restaurants, um, I think what's unique about Louisville, as opposed to any other place in the world, is um, people actually drink bourbon through dinner. Um, And and I think we're we're still... (laughs) The rest of the world really still, they do that a little bit, but then they're catching on. But the idea that you can actually, like, you don't have to drink a bourbon and then switch to wine and then go back to bourbon at the end of the night, that you could actually drink bourbon all, all through the meal. And Sounds that, familiar. Yeah. My that dad influences how, how I design menus and design recipes mm-hmm. and because I want to make food. And I, I also just, you know, intuitively like food that's very bold and aggressive and spiced and smoky, but... Right. Those tend to be flavors that go perfect with bourbon, and so I'm I'm I love it when people just kind of you know sit down and and, and look at the menu and go oh I don't there's nothing wrong with wine um, but but like when they basically say oh I can drink bourbon I'm my favorite bourbon all through dinner um, and that's just something that's very unique to Kentucky and, it, and it's, so I, I take advantage of it and I, I'm thrilled by it. So how did that kind of influence your? Um yeah, well, you're you're one half of the Jefferson's Chef collaboration. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, how did that affect your your experience with that then? With the uh, making of the bourbon? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so so you know, Jeff, the tray is kind of the the 
he takes the lead on it. We basically sit around and drink. Um, it's not. It's not. It's not really like. Uh, I'll be honest. It's, there's not really like this huge technical. It's not thing. scientific. Sure. Um, but we have. You know. We have different. You know. Expressions and ages and rye and bourbon and we just kind of pour it into glasses and, and we you know someone keeps track of the percentages and the ounces and, and um, that's good someone else just, is doing the hard work yeah 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 so someone because <laughs> after like six or seven we're like what was in that I don't remember <laughs> um, but but it's fun you know I, I guess you know Trey's sort of you know it, it's a collab it's truly a collaboration like I, I just have um, I don't know how bourbon is made on, on a very you know, technical level. Uh, I know flavor, and I know what I like, and so whenever something hits on it, you know, while it's basically what will happen is I'll say to Trey, like, can we make it a little spicier? And he'll go, okay, I know how to do that. So he'll kind of mess with the percentage, and I'll say, well, maybe, well, why don't we try it a little sweeter, and then he'll mix with it. And so we kind of do that, um, and then we, we hit something that we like. I mean, it's very good. So yeah. I mean, it, and what, it, it what, works. What, what, what the chef's collab for me is 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 it's a it's a whiskey, um, you know, technically not a bourbon because there's rye in it. Sure. But it's a whiskey sure. that that you can have throughout dinner. Um, that it's not overly aggressive. Um, I, to me, it's very round. You know, it's very pleasing. Of course, um, it's it's not like it's not a hopefully it's not a luxury bourbon. It's not a, a, a too aggressive. It just kind of like. You know, it's round around the edges, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I think that's the kind of bourbon that you want to kind of sip through all night, and, and that's what we made it for. We made it specifically to go with food. Good. Good deal. Um, so I'm going to, of course, try to bring it back around to, to bourbon and beyond. It's what we're sitting here talking about. We're supposed to be talking about it, at least. Talk about whatever you want. Well, that's... Talk about it a little that's bit. That's true as well. Yeah. Um, what can we kind of expect from Milkwood at, uh, or, or just you in general? At, uh, at Bourbon and Beyond well, this year. Well, I'm doing, uh, uh, if, if you, I don't know if the tickets are still uh, on sale, but I'm doing a really cool dinner at the Ali Center with Tom Colicchio. Um, okay. So that'll be, that'll be pretty, pretty badass. Um, <laughs> and then, um, I mean, you know, I'm just looking forward to, to being out there. You know, we have all these different live action stages. I think um, Whiskey Dry is going to do a burger uh, mm-hmm. station over there. So you know we'll be all over the place, and, right. and you know we're trying to uh, we're trying to get some of the musicians to take some cooking classes while they're backstage, and we're cool. trying to get uh, we, you know all the the we've got some really if you guys haven't looked at it the the visiting chefs, you know I mean Sting's cool and all, but um, you know. <laughs> Having Aaron Sanchez and, and Stephanie Iser is, is, to me, they're the real rock stars because I'm a chef. So, so I'm actually more excited about the, the chefs that are coming to town. There's truly talented people coming into town. So um, definitely don't, don't miss out on the, the food aspect of it. Um, it's, it's, I think it's what sets this music fest apart. And, yeah. and you know, a lot of the feedback I heard last year was people were so impressed and so happy with the food part of it. Um, that that you know if something was is not unexpected because most of the time I've been to other music fests before and the food kind of sucks and, <laughs> and to get like actual food you know curated or made by a chef while you're drinking bourbon while you're listening to music I mean it's it's pretty unique yeah it's fan- that he's spot on about the chefs the it's like a who's who list and I mean we're talking all the major shows are represented. You know, and you've got, uh, and they're going to be cooking for you. You know, you get an opportunity to, if you get one of those tickets, you get an opportunity to eat some of the good stuff. Sure. And on that same kind of note, um, 
what are we expecting from uh, the bourbon side of things this year? Well, um, bourbon, so the anchor, the, the big bourbon bar where there's a lot of, where there's a lot of um, uh, bourbons in there being poured either straight or in cocktails, that'll be back. Good. And uh, there's going to be what they call activations where it's basically um, like their rabbit hole has a speakeasy. Um, Larceny has a has an area where you can uh, pair pizza with uh, with Larceny and they've got a secret like code password for you to unlock something there. That's um, awesome. There's there's a lot of cool things like that. And then this, you know, I curated uh, 30, more than 30 workshops, and we basically are getting in the down and dirty of, of how bourbon's made, the families behind bourbons, but the one, the one thing that I'm most excited about, and it's the first time it's ever happened, is that I'm getting Jim Beam's master distiller, Fred No, and Jack Daniels' master distiller, Jeff Arnett, on the so stage. Cool. And we're going to we're going to settle some things in uh, in American whiskey, and uh, so that's going to be that's going to be a lot of fun. We're also doing this thing where I call it a family affair, and I get the the Van Winkles on stage, and we talk about what it's like oh growing up in in whiskey, uh, the Russells, right. the Coles Fiends from Willet, and then you know we talk about yeast, we talk about barrel entry proof. We got a lot of cool stuff. And one other thing is if you're if you're in the trade or you're in the business, there's uh, Statement Thief is going to have ongoing classes there right. where you can get your executive uh, bourbon stewardship and uh, oh, become okay. certified cool. while you're there. Gotcha. If I can make a suggestion, I think the rabbit hole secret bar should be un- dug underground like a true rabbit hole. <laughs> that would be so And you have to just like sit in this bunker under, <laughs> underground. <laughs> that would be so cool. And I don't know if I would leave bit. at that point. Yeah. And Death and Co is yeah. is doing the uh, the Rabbit Hole Bar, and they're a famous bar yeah, in that's uh, Very New cool. York. Very cool. Um, so I want to wrap it up with a couple kind of fun questions, I guess. Um, they're all fun. Well, sure, yeah, yeah. but uh, I um, maybe more nebulous, I guess. Sure. Um, if you could have anybody, Fred and Edward, to attend or play the show or play the festival. Who'd be your dream guest? Well, I think we mentioned the Pope. The Pope <laughs> yeah. would be good, you know. The Pope would be. The Pope would be. He'd be up there. I'd like, to see, I'd like I to mean, see Bob Dylan. If anyone's oh listening, Bob, if you're listening. <laughs> John Mayer wants you on stage. <laughs> I think you know. Um, for me, it would have been Tom Petty. Yeah. You know, uh, unfortunately, he passed away. But, you know, in that same vein, we're, we're getting a lot of them this year. Of course. Like uh, Robert Plant has yeah. always been on my bucket list. Um, I think Neil Young would be a fun one for, yeah, for Bourbon be and Beyond. Absolutely. Be I think you and I talked last year that we would, uh, we would, you would spoon feed him foie gras if he came, yeah, 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 yeah. and then I would give him bourbon. That's <laughs> if you did a one-two with Neil Young and, and Willie Nelson, that would be, <laughs> that would be killer. Willie Nelson would be a lot of fun. Willie Nelson have, would man. be a blast. Yeah, absolutely. And he's a he's a huge foodie. He loves food. He has he really? had his own whiskey for a yeah, long time. His, yeah, and I don't know if it's still out. He does some he does something in Texas like a like a fest something that has food in it. Have you had the whiskey before? Whiskey Is, River. Yeah, uh, it's been a while, uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he was typical of that style. Uh, I, those younger ones. I've had it fairly recently and wasn't. 
<laughs> Super enthused by it. Just, is, it yeah. is it infused with weed? No, <laughs> no. Although there are there are people who are trying to infuse. They are actively infusing things with weed. I've had uh, weed infused wine. Yeah. I just it's too funky for me. Yeah. They, this is it, it's a funny trend. Like uh, you know, that's when they're hap- doing with food too now. It's like now that seems that's more that natural goes to back me than spirits. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah it does. <laughs> Cuisine, you know, better than that's brownies. not a culinary, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, trick. <laughs> no, no, people, chefs are doing like these intricate dinners using wheat. Sure. It's like it's I don't know. I've had people reach out to me like, hey, do you write uh, tasting notes on weed? Right, right, right. I'm like, no. That's your next job. That's I mean, I, mean job. I, I, I don't do... I, it smells like skunk. Yeah. <laughs> like, what would, a, what would a marijuana tasting note look like? Oh, they're out there. Yeah. They're, they get pretty... They get pretty... They get extravagant. It has yeah. a hint of... Uh, hint of rainbow unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> And then I, I think the last question I have to ask is, what is the one dish I think that you represent or that you think you, uh, represents you as a chef? Oh, jeez. I don't know. There's a lot of dishes. <laughs> Say anything that comes out of my kitchen. Um, they're all there. It's hard to pick one. Um, sure. But we do. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I want to plug. Um, we're doing this summer. We're, we're switching the format at Milkwood uh, and we're going to do dim sum all summer long. So so. Um, mm. it, it's a really fun format because we'll do like the Asian dim sum format, but we'll kind of play with a lot of different southern flavors on it. So stuff will like you, that is really fun. Will you for keep me. the ramen? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. All right, that's yeah. good. Fred's pretty set do. on the ramen being on on the menu. Yeah, I was talking about <laughs> it earlier. It's, yeah. uh, no, no, we're gonna keep that and, and, and just I mean, we're just gonna have fun with it over the summer. So good deal. Good deal. Awesome. Um, just to kind of wrap things up real quick, uh, if people want to find you on social media, where can they do that? Both of y'all. Uh, just Fred Minnick. <laughs> yeah. I think Everyone, I'm M I N N I C K. I think I'm Chef Edward Lee on everything. So. <laughs> well, Chef thank you guys so much for sitting down with me. I appreciate no it. No pleasure. Yeah, thank thank you. you. Absolutely. We're looking forward to Bourbon and Beyond. All right. We'll see you on stage, John. <laughs> <laughs> so that was uh, our, our little interview uh, with, with Fred Minnick and Chef Edward Lee. Um, before we let you go, I want to say, uh, thank you so much for listening as always. If you want to find us on social media, uh, it's changed recently. We are at my bourbon pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, if you want to send us an email, we are still, this is my bourbon shop at gmail.com. If you want to find our merchandise, you can head to, uh, bourbonshop.threadless.com, uh, become a patron of the show at patreon.com slash, uh, this is my bourbon podcast. Uh, for as little as a dollar a month, you can keep us going. Um, we would love to have your support. We're, like I said, super excited uh, to be heading to Bourbon and Beyond come September. Uh, but until then, check us out next week. Uh, check out this week's episode with Curtis and Tanner. Uh, can't wait to be back with you. But until then, I'm Perry, and this is my bourbon podcast. Mm-hmm.